Yes, pleasure to have you here again, man. Pleasure is mine. I don't think you need you don't need any introduction at this point, but for anyone who don't doesn't know you at this point, can you please tell us who you are? Um I go by the nickname uh, Bytes Old Tree Two, and I and I you know find books for a living. I think that's the most concise explanation you can get. Awesome, and just recently, I think yesterday, you launched a new platform. I don't even know what to call it. Yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about what it is? I mean, maybe a platform slash product, but. Uh... It's essentially a, a marketplace. And I think marketplace is the, 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 the wrong word. But let's just say a place where uh, security researchers meet protocols and they can just, uh, you know, do their business. Instead of protocols reaching out to folks on Twitter just because, uh, you know, they have a bigger reach, a better, you know, better So basically... Content. It's a place where, let's say, I need a, an audit as a project and I tell everyone that I need a project and auditors apply to me. Yes, it's like reversed gem for audit. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so what is the reason behind it? Why did you decide to launch it? Um, I can tell you how, how I got the idea. So I, I've teamed up with a few folks from, you can see, uh, from you know, Team Blue, like from Coderina. I've teamed with Owa uh, in, in my or I don't know what's the right way to, speak, to, to, to spell the nickname, Alexander. So it's, it's apparent that, I mean, these guys have way better public record than mine, right? They, I mean, one is number one in 23 for, uh, you know, in for code arena the other one is i think top top 10 or something like that and won four or five short contests in a row that he you know led the other like won the maya dao contest as well so i i think it's unfair uh that i'm getting more leads than for example not just them but i'm just giving them an example because you know that's where the idea came in and Honestly, I just get so much leads that I cannot cannot work on them, cannot cannot take off them. So there are like two two possible things to do. You build an agency. I don't want to be on an agency. We've had that conversation before. It's just not my type of thing. And then I could arbitrage that some way or just give it all away. So I don't like. I'm just gonna give it away. That's that's all. Uh, and yeah. Uh, 20 hours to production, that's that's pretty much it. So it took you 20 hours from having the idea to making it live? Yeah, I was in the sauna and I was like sweating quite hard and I was like thinking, how, how do I do that? <laughs> I went to sleep like 40 minutes later. In the morning, I... I wake up, I, you know, bombarded a few, a few guys, with, including you, with plenty of questions. I asked, I asked a friend to... Uh, spin up the website and I messaged everybody, you know, that you can see their logo on the on the homepage. So yeah, that's and and, and and of course I've just messaged a few like recent leads that I had. I was like, listen, I, I think I got a, a better opportunity for you. Let's let's see how it works for you. Right. So if you're a project, how do they end up at this marketplace? Well, right now it's literally they they ask me for work and I redirect them, you know, to find out it. The other way just, is just like that. Yeah, the other way is like they could find the website and apply from there, but I I don't think that happened so far. It's like literally. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. And uh, so that obviously takes a bit to implement and probably will take a lot to manage so why do this for free why not take a, a small percentage of whatever well i think there are uh i mean two two things on my there, there there are other platforms that already do that uh, um 
and there are a few platforms that are actually building that right now. So I, I'm just gonna do something that's already there. So that's point number one. And point number two, I have my my own views why I want to level out this game, right? I think there is a. I mean, it's a food for thought for everybody why 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 this game should be you know leveled and even, but they're like um, a myriad of reasons actually. And uh, I I asked for feedback for like even folks that are not my biggest fans actually, and thankfully they they all gave me feedback, you know, regardless if they like me or not. But uh, you know, a lot of the feedback that I got. You cannot sustainably manage that for free. Uh, it has to be paid. Cannot be like for free forever. Uh, I understand where they are coming from, but I I also think that that's not entirely true. Um, I have a few ideas eventually how to do that. Not not sure yet. I'm like still you know tinkering in my mind and like with a few other folks that just I, it's Renaissance swaps. You know the, the guys from the team. So. Uh, gonna see how it goes so could you could you share some of the maybe ideas that you have because from my perspective someone would need to manage that kind of thing for example you probably want someone to vet the security researchers otherwise you're gonna have a lot of people spamming all these projects that don't really have any experience we don't want that you also need someone to vet the projects because what if they're just a bunch of scammers that are not really gonna pay anyone and someone needs to be paid to do that, I think. So, what kind of solutions are you do you have in your mind for that? Um, okay, so ideally, there should be a some kind of a community manager, right? Someone who's actually gonna do a lot of the manual labor. But ideally, I think that I hope, no, not I think, I hope, I believe, in the end, it's gonna end up like a a community-driven thing, somehow, one way or another, uh, you know, could apply for, for, I don't know if, if grants even apply to that, but maybe it could be a good way. But I think it, can, it could be run very, very cheaply, let's say that way. And it could be right, automated. So to, to, to a huge extent, it could be automated. If there is a website where it's like all automatic, uh, it could be like very, very easy. Just having a Telegram group and forums makes actually complicated right now. That's where. Uh... Yeah, I kind of, kind of see where you're coming from. Uh, so you could pro probably have some sort of uh, system where you look for credentials, like. Uh, Contest submissions and that kind of thing—is that what you're referring to, or yeah. are you thinking something else? I—I uh, mean, my my quickest the, the quickest idea that I had so far was like uh, I don't know if you have seen my website where I had like the audits listed and stuff like that. I think I can fork that rather easy and make it like a. A portfolio for security researchers, so they can just aggregate everything there, like for free, not being get get by any other platform, and they can use that. But I, I don't think there's a need for that right now. I mean, it, you have Codrina profiles, you have other platforms that have something similar as well. So uh, I think what it should end up like as a website, if it is a website, like I'm a project, I you know I list my request for audit, and anybody can apply. And uh, vetting, I think it's it's gonna be on probably gonna be an issue, but I don't see it anytime soon. Until I mean, as long as it's likely managed, uh, I don't think vetting a protocols would be an issue. But vetting security researchers definitely. So you're just kind of hoping that the community is gonna be so is gonna see so much value in that. That somehow we're gonna self-organize and make this work one, one way or the other, right? Yeah, I'm just like yoing right now. That's that's that's. All. I mean, it started as a yolo and it's still still <laughs> like a yo. That's no plans, no nice, roadmap. Nice. No plans, no roadmap. Yeah, 
yeah, I think that's pretty dope. And, you know, especially because you're just doing this on your own time with no, no expectations for profit. And there might even be a reason why some people might think there's a catch there somewhere. Yeah. You know, why would you be doing all this if there is no profit involved for you? So that might be something you want to address. Do you plan to get something out of this uh, financially at some point? Is there some mechanism that you plan to implement at some stage? Or is it purely just kind of like, nah, just public good benefiting everyone? So legitimately, like from the bottom of my heart, uh, even though I'm getting the feedback that it shouldn't be free, as long as I'm involved with this project, it's going to be free. Like zero costs for auditors, zero costs for like protocols. Um, I'm going to find a way to make it work um, one way or another, but I'm not going to monetize it in any possible way, not going to sell it to any other platform ever. And feel free to cancel me anytime if that happens. So, you know, that's why I'm saying it like, loud and clear. Uh, not gonna merge it with any other platform as well. I think any any other platform that intends to do what Find Audit is doing, they can just copy paste it real quick. And uh, for you know platforms that are actually building marketplaces and stuff like that, you know emerging platforms, let's say that way, like newer platforms. If you if you took the funding to build something that simple and uh, you know a nobody built it like in 20 hours you should ask yourself why you got VC funding for that in the first place yeah that's a funny thing to bring up I've heard of some crazy raises to for people building some marketplaces that make absolutely no sense yeah yeah definitely so yeah TLDR no, not gonna monetize it not not looking to have any any monetary gain from that. I mean, it's it's obvious that uh, I'm ge I'm getting the uh, the benefit of doing something good in front of the public. That's obvious. You can't hide that. But uh, yeah, that's that's pretty much it. Yeah, that's cool, dude. Um, I'm really keen to see how this whole thing. Um, kind of evolves and see if it works out or not. It's definitely going to be interesting to see what impact it has on the general ecosystem. And if it really kind of drives the marketing game to zero or just kind of evens it out or not. Really, really keen to see what happens there. But switching to a more serious topic, I've been realizing that you, Zach Obrond, and even Pashov are all bald. So, this yeah. begs the question, do you have to be bald to be good at auditing? I mean, uh, there, is a direct there is a direct correlation being bald. That's kind of rough to hear. Uh, does it do I have to be naturally bald or can, you, can I just shave my hair? Uh, I think naturally bald. I mean, it has to do something with testosterone, so... Right. So are you saying I don't have enough testosterone? Uh, I think it's about having too much testosterone, actually. <laughs> so when I have too much, I, I, I've read that some nasty things happen and that's how you get bought. So, yeah. I see, I see. Well, when did you start losing your hair in the first place? I think I was quite young. Uh, 18, 18, 19. Uh, 18? So, yeah, 18, 19, something Fuck. like that. Yeah, it took me, it took me like, man, I had like two weeks where I was like, no, this can't happen to me. You know, we were quite, <laughs> quite broke. And I was like, my, my father passed away two, two years ago that, when that happened. So I, I literally asked my mother to spend an enormous amount of money that she didn't have some, some things to use and some uh, shower gel stuff like that. And, you know, it took me, it's funny because I was like, reading a thread and random stuff why it happens what not and then I just said fuck it I mean I, I just have a, a haircut you know done for the end of my life to the end of my life yeah I mean it, 
It must be really tough. I've had some friends that lost a lot of hair as well, and usually it affects like your your whole confidence a lot when that happens. So oh. how how did you do about that? Were you just like sick of it one day, and you're like, you know, whatever, I would just I would just accept it. Oh no! I started shaving my head immediately. I I didn't even let people notice that I'm getting bald. I was like, I'm I'm not gonna be. I'm 19, 20, I'm not going to look like a 30-year-old. And for, for, for years, some folks even assumed I'm just shaving my head. But uh, I've, never, I've never let it be apparent. I mean, I, I mean, I just accepted it really quick and, you know, uh, started shaving. And it, I wouldn't say it affected my confidence in any way. I mean, I was, I would say, I'll, you know, through my life, you know, I've been always a very... A very confident and self-believing person. So stuff like that. That's cool. Happen. And you just imagine the amount of money that you saved on haircuts since then. <laughs> yeah, that's that's true. That's true. That's the real alpha. Go yeah. bald and save yeah. tons of tons of money on haircuts, dude. Yeah. And you, your head particularly looks really shiny. What's your skincare routine? Um. I, I'm using all my uh, all the all the stuff that my wife uses, so I don't know what's <laughs> it exactly, but I'm just like making up stuff on my head, and it works well. Nice, so, nice. That's my that's what I do as well. I just yeah. see some stuff there my girlfriend uses, and I just just take it and put it on my face. Yeah, um, it works. I mean, it works if she if she's using <laughs> it and and she looks well. That I mean, it should work for me as well, right? Yeah, definitely. Um, I feel like now that we address this serious topic, I wanted to ask something different and okay. see what you think about the whole thing between onboarding more auditors or upscaling the existing ones. There's a debate that was floating around a little bit. What's, where do you stand on that? Do you reckon we should focus on onboarding as many as you can do you think we should just not try to onboard anyone anymore and just try to you know get whoever's here and make them better you got me on the spot with like the the wild hot topics right so uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh the controversial topics um <laughs> i mean uh, i don't know if i'm right or wrong but uh There's a, a question to onboarding new auditors. What does that what does means? What does that mean? I mean, is is it like a, a, a brand new security folks? Not sure if that's gonna help a lot, right? Uh, I'm not sure if that's gonna help fix, let's say, hacks like KyberSwap, for example. But what, the same what time, do you think would please go ahead? Yeah, but at the same time, you know, there is a lot of you know demand for audits that you know it's you have demands for two thousand dollar audits you have demands for two hundred thousand and you have for twenty thousand you have for for a hundred thousand so i think uh to fix like the kyber swap type of hacks you just need uh upskilling instead of an infox so there are a lot of a lot of nuances to that that could be like could help you and or have you interpret it in in different way. So your main point is that we should be trying to prevent hacks like the Kyber swap. Then, yeah, to some extent, yeah. I mean, you know. I don't think that right now there are enough, like very, very, very good security researchers, like top level, excellent level. Uh, let's just use a, a stupid example, right? I think there are around a few thousand warriors in Codorina. I don't know about Sherlock, uh, but. It's safe to say that I think the total amount of auditors in the space is around one one 2,000, maybe something like that. I mean, but even 
auditors or security researchers, whatever, whatever you want to call them. So I think the, the top level ones are like, I could probably count them like on my two hands, right? So there's no way in the world that I could even come up with what the, the, the you know, the, the tick issue with the Kyber swap hack. For example, I'm just using it as, a, as an example. I think it's a very good example. Yeah, yeah, I think that makes sense. And definitely the more skilled auditors, the better. But like any skill, any profession, I reckon that it comes with a bell curve. Yeah. Right. The more people you're on board, more are going to fall to the right side where they become really, really skilled auditors. I think it's more realistic to think like that, that the more people we onboard, the more are going to kind of fall into the the little bucket where they're really, you know, top, top, top players. I think it's more realistic to go about it like that than to try and get people that are already here and bump them up because they might naturally just not fall in that category i think i think they are not self-excluding i think i mean they're the the, the two the two points are not self-excluding i mean you shouldn't only you know focus on increasing their you know skills or like only focus on onboarding i think they're like actually supplementing each other but i think we are i so let me just sidetrack for a little bit if you notice some of the top docs in the space they are coming from web 2 security so i think there is a lot of value to be extracted from getting like more web 2 security researchers into web 3 security and that's like immediate value i've ha I, I personally have attempted to do that i, I messaged some top folks uh, they're like no thanks not, not my thing like they're doing millions with like web 2 bounties like literally and hacker one so yeah uh, i think they're like the two points are not they're they're complementary right that's i think the, the takeaway my takeaway yeah yeah i i agree that you know both should be happening uh already practicing auditors should be try to upskill and i think that's what we do on a daily basis you know we're practicing or auditing and that's how we get better i don't think there's a, a fast track for that but if there is one it's probably getting experienced folks from web 2 already yeah. which already kind of ties in the thing that bringing more auditors is probably gonna be easier in a sense if you get them from the right place yeah because like so onboarding onboarding is oh, sorry to cut you oh, i mean onboarding new folks is like a, a very vague upskilling folks is also very big i mean what you're gonna what are you about to onboard like completely uh you know folks with no background because we have some examples like with folks with no background that are actually killing it or like folks like that i mean it's it's just a a vague ask question cannot have like a, a, a definite answer i think yeah that's a good that's a good point i think the boring answer for all this is just the common sense that both should be happening, right? Yeah. But I'd also say that one is probably more efficient than the other. And one is easier to implement than the other one. Or maybe not just implementing, but tracking as well. I think tracking skill level outside of the competitive audits can be really nebulous so right. how, how do you know how, like the level of of these players as well you do not you simply do not i mean there are a few shops that you know you know these guys are killing it but uh i think for a lot of companies you you don't know what you're actually getting from that audit when you are, you know, getting audited, like from chart companies. You are, yeah. 
let's say I'm, I'm, I'm going for a, you know, I'm going to hire you because of, you know, your company name, but uh, you're going to show me some, you know, some peons, right? So yeah, you, you don't, you're paying for the company name, not for really the, this, the individual auditor who's actually going to be doing the job. And I feel like that lack of transparency is definitely an issue. Um, and I don't think it's uh, in the best interest in the best interest of these companies to to be more transparent because I think they just gain more from leveraging their brand than their individual auditors because then that auditor can leave and carry his name to whatever he likes. So I think yeah. their self self interest is to um, put more money, more emphasis on the brand so i don't think there's really a easy fix to that i think it's just part of how things work yeah i mean uh the hacks are gonna happen regardless if we like it or not and like the space is gonna be here if somebody is concerned about like the space going away they're like they they're literally saying seeing that greed and gambling is gonna go away if anything else fails, I mean, that's going to stay here for sure. No way to go about it. Yeah, yeah I think that's the, the oldest thing there is, is yeah. gambling. Casinos never go out of business. So that's yeah. definitely good for for our, our job, for sure. Our job security, it's pretty good. You would assume that crypto is really risky, goes up and down, but the degenerates are going to keep their lights on. That's for yeah. sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, there's... Uh... And speaking of degenerates, we were talking about the other day about getting paid in tokens. You, lately, you tweeted that you got a massive loss because you didn't accept a, a job in tokens that right now you'd be $1.5 million richer. Uh, it was like 2.3 at some point. <laughs> yeah, which kind of kind of makes me really sad now speaking out loud, uh, sad on, on your behalf. Uh, so, what do you what did, did that change your thoughts about getting paid in tokens since that happened? Not really. I think. I mean, I could in the future I could take like a smaller percentage as like tokens. But let, let's be honest. If I probably sold it in like at half a million dollars, I would probably pay per hand by by then. And then, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. and I, and when you it got to, before then. yeah, yeah. I mean, and when it gets to two point three or whatever it is, I'm I'm gonna be regretting even even more because like, why did I sell? I mean, it's it's even tougher. So yeah, I mean, um, I'm I'm a, I'm a weird guy when it comes to that. I think after a certain point, I'm, after a certain after you start making a certain amount of money monthly, at least. From my point of view, I kind of stop caring how much is it. I, I have confidence that it's going to get where I want to. I just like to try different things. And I, I truly believe and I'm confident that trying the things that I do is going to get me where I want to. So I have no concerns about succeeding or uh, making it at all. Wouldn't give you a little more freedom to explore things in that sense then for example accepting 10 20 percent in tokens could be a good way to kind of give yourself a little bit of exposure and a little bit of yellowing yeah. without really compromising like that income i feel like that could work for for a lot of different people just taking a small percentage and because of most of these payments are being done before protocol gets properly deployed or something you get you know to ride all the way up and the risks are reasonably low i would say you're getting a token pre-sale right <laughs> you're getting a exactly pre -sale. dude <laughs> well, you all love the, the pre-sales yeah. you know how it is um yeah i mean i i'm definitely gonna take let's say 10 10 or 20 or maybe 30 percent if if something comes along but uh, I don't think I'm ever going to take 100%. I mean, 
Um, I'm probably a, a bad investor when it comes to that. I mean, probably 90, 95% of my net worth is in crypto. So I'm like, I'm just buying and holding. And we, we spoke. I You're think. like the quintessential degenerate hodler. Yeah, exactly. So uh, having another ticker to take a look at every single day, how it's going on. It's gonna very. It's gonna have a, a tough, a tough result on my mental health. Yeah, I I see where you're coming from. These definitely start piling up, and there's no way you can track all of this stuff down and be able to sell it at the right time when you have thirty, fifty, whatever number of tokens on your radar. You're you're gonna lose track. So there's definitely a limit to how effective you can kind of have this approach of taking tokens as payment but still when you think about the ones that the ones that you refused it's painful i mean yeah it is and it's funny because when you had a conversation i think a few days ago uh after after that it dropped i think by around 100 percent and i checked it right before this call and it's like up you know, all time high and it has, you know, 60 million volume in the past 24 hours. And I was like, okay, <laughs> I still didn't buy because, you know, I, if oh, I you, buy, you lost your window now, man. Yeah, yeah no, I no, mean, it's I mean, too late for you. I mean, I, I, if I buy something, at least, I mean, if it's something new, I'm like over the place, every one hour, I'm, I'm checking how's it going and stuff like that. So thank you. I mean, it's, uh, it's running my day, literally. Yeah, just just if forget about it, man. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so. just just forget about it. But for everyone out there listening to this, if you are not a degenerate bites himself that has ninety percent of his um, net worth in crypto, and you want to get more into it, I think auditing is a great way to do that. Just when the opportunity approaches, arises. Take it. I would say taking a, a percentage of your payment in tokens can be a great way to make some surprise money. And Definitely. We all love some surprise money. Last time we had this podcast, we talked about a lot about how hard you work. Your hours are kind of hardcore. So I want to know if you're still keeping the same schedule until now. Yes, I am. Yes, I am. I mean, uh, maybe I'm, I'm waking up a little bit later, uh, like 5, 5.30, 6.00 a.m. Because I have a, uh, you know, my my younger kid got like a little bit older and now. And unfortunately, she's like waking up more than uh, she was waking up before. But yeah, I mean, you can't, you can't, you can't kill the drive, right? Um, I had a... Do you have any, sorry, I was going to ask, do you yeah. have any techniques on avoiding burnout? Is that something that you keep a look on or it just doesn't worry you at all? You're just kind of like a machine. I think it's pure drive and I'm probably, I mean, not sure if I should say that, but coming it, it, a lot of, a lot of it depends where, where you're coming from. I had, I had, I mean, I'm, I'm seeing a therapist every, I mean, every Thursday and he's the type of guy where he's like, you know, you should chill a little bit, you know, you, you made your things, chill a little bit, enjoy it. But I think I've, I've lost the the way to enjoy stuff like that. I enjoy grinding, I enjoy doing, doing stuff. And it all boils down to your childhood, if you, if you think about it. When I, was, uh, when I was 16, literally, yeah, literally, I was 16, just made it like uh, one month. My father passed away. When I was 18, I, uh, I mean, it's a, it's a weird story, but I figured my uh, my mother was like uh, doing happy end massages. So I, I was like, <laughs> I have to fix that thing forever. And uh, I fixed it ever since. I think, I mean, just to, to, she was doing that to, you know, 
get food on the on the table. But uh, took me took me I think a year and a bit to to fix that, and she's retired ever since. So you you just can't let go of drive like that. You cannot. Yeah, I mean that would definitely shape you in a different yeah. way than than most people. Yeah, I mean, I mean that's that's just a, a small amount of stuff. I mean, I had a very a very let's say I mean what a lot of people are like. I grow up in the street, bro. You don't know. You you don't even know how the street looks like. You, you know, don't don't tell me that bullshit. So uh, you know, having that, you know, my to, to my teenage years and in uh, early twenties shaped me in a way that I you know. I had times where where it was tough and like burnout is a real thing. It is. I mean, I had tough times, but uh, I had I don't know two years and something like that where I didn't even take a, the first time in my life where I took a time off from work was when I had my first daughter. That should be enough for you. And it, yeah, I'm, not, <laughs> I'm, I'm not trying to like, uh, I don't want to shoot a Hussler culture. That's not for everybody. It's not, I mean, not everybody can make it, but, uh, and I'm not doing it just to prove a point. It's just like my drive drives me. I just. Uh... Yeah, no, I think it's that's super valid, dude. Because I know how how hard you work, and me personally, I'm not gonna work as hard as you work. It's just you know, uh, not part of my mode of operation. And yeah. I feel like I work pretty well. You know, I don't think I'm a lazy dude. Yeah. But I think you 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 take it to a, to a next level, and I was gonna ask you what motivates what motivates you, and you just kind of answer that, and it makes sense. You know, I I can see I can see how the other pieces come together, and it's something that you really can't emulate, like those life circumstances that give you that kind of inner drive. It's, it just shapes you in a, in a way that sticks with you, especially when you're like in your formative years. Um, so that's a, that's. I mean, it just becomes natural just to finish it. Uh, coming from, a, I mean, a lot of people are smarter than me and they come from like a privileged place or like family, whatever you want to call it. But. Uh, you know, everybody's gonna want your. I mean, we're we're probably gonna go off topic a little bit, so uh, feel free to edit if you don't like that. <laughs> but uh, no, I mean, dude, it's yeah. all it's all good. <laughs> uh, everybody wants your, you know, your your life, your car, your you know, your wife, your you know, whatever you have right now. So you know, might be smarter than me, might be more privileged than me, might be better than me at a lot of things, but you know. They're not gonna outwork me. That's that's what it boils down for me. Not gonna outwork. Yeah, you definitely you definitely have one edge. I think you have more than one edge, but that one it's probably it's probably safe on, on you. Um, but yeah, dude, that was a hectic a hectic background story. Um, I mean, that's I mean, it's uh, uh, again. Just to, to make it clear, compared to everybody, to everything else that I could see and I've been through, that is like, uh, I would say nothing, right? So, uh, more of the story, just don't compare yourself with other people, just without knowing what they've been through and what drives them, because there is stuff yeah. you can't emulate. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think there's a a good message. I think there's probably a lot of people out there trying to kind of grind their way and are frustrated because they either don't get where they want to be fast enough or they're not seeing the results or whatever. And you're jealous of all these people being more successful than you, but you don't really know where all of this is coming from. You don't know what happened to them in the past, you don't know how they got here as well. So just focus on your own 
own way of doing things and just keep doing just yeah. focus on whatever it is that you it's your next step yeah it's very funny because i see a lot of folks asking well, you know not only me but other other auditors in the space as well what's your background i mean uh, have you do you have security background have you been a developer before and stuff like that i mean it's a zero-sum game to uh, compare yourself with others. Play your own game. Play the one game. Or just YOLO stuff and fear it as well. Both, both work. Just don't look at others and uh, be positive. That's all, that's all I can say about that. Yeah I, yeah, I totally agree with that. But there are some things that for auditing are like, universal for example the ability of focusing for a long time i think every decent security researcher needs that skill so what is your way to kind of achieving that because sometimes it can be hard sometimes life happens that i don't know your kids need to be picked up or they're sick or the um neighbors mowing the lawn or whatever it is is there a moment where you kind of struggle with focusing and how do you deal with that kind of stuff? I struggle with focus and like, I mean, let's go a step behind. When you do a lot of things, which is what I do, um, you're for 100% going to struggle with focus. So it's, it's easy to focus when you're, you know, just have a, a one go, one, 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 I mean, not one go, but like a streamlined thing to do just a single thing and when you do more than just a single or two things you know you're for sure gonna struggle with focus do i struggle with focus yes i do every single day of my life i mean even today yesterday uh any single day but uh i think there is no shortcut for that there's that's like looking for a shortcut to get a better security researcher there's no shortcut for focus but what helps me is like I'm blocking all my instant messaging applications you know on my laptop on my iPhone when I'm you know in focus mode and anytime I, I feel like distracted I'm, uh, I'm very self-driven so I try to remind myself if I keep doing shit like this and keep getting distracted will I get where I want to get? So uh, it sounds like very vague and easy, but uh, that's, there's no shortcut. And if you are like me, you're going to struggle. You're going to struggle, but pain is information, right? So your technique is just to mentally remind yourself, if I keep being distracted, I'm not going to achieve my goals. For the day, yeah, I have I have goals every day. I want to do, I want to I want to I want to audit for four or five hours. I want to do other things. I want to do X Y Z other things for X amount of time in a day. And if something just goes, if I'm in mood, I can cancel all the other things. But in the end, if I'm not focused enough, I won't be able to do anything for that day. And I had days like this. Everybody does, I think. But it's just about not beating yourself and like it's a new day tomorrow. But like, if it happens two days in a row, then you know, you know, you're sorry, but at the end of the day, you're just going to be a loser. That's all. I mean, if you like being a loser, that's <laughs> you're. Yeah, you know, I, yeah. I, I think it's uh, sometimes hard because once you lose the, the thread, it's kind of hard to even catch yourself being being off sometimes i don't know i'm working and for some reason i'm looking at something and i get distracted a youtube video shows up or something and then 20 minutes later i'm still watching this stupid video i try i try to do sometimes just put a picture or something that i want really bad in front of me like on my um phone screen yeah. and if i ever get distracted i just look at it like i'm not gonna get that if if I keep watching this stupid horse video or whatever. And that sometimes helps me as well when I get off track. 
Yeah, I think it's essentially the same thing, like having goals. And it's not about like having a, I want to do, I want to become the best in 2024. That's like a vague goal, right? Just yeah, have, a, have a small goal. I mean, small, I mean, dream big, dream big, of course. But because goals without dreams, you know, just dreams, right? But my point is, it's never going to be easy. Because you're, you're just like, it's going to be hard. Life is hard, man. I mean, life is hard for everybody. So uh, For some people, harder than others, for sure. Yeah, life is hard. There is no shortcut to anything. I mean, I had a, I had a folk that, I had a dude that asked me, he, I sent, I received a message in this course. Let me just give you a, give, give me a second. Uh, the message, like, um, I'm reaching as a fellow auditor, a humble plea request, yada yada i'm currently participating in audit competition x with substantial price pool i have yet to uncover any valid findings and then he's like i would greatly appreciate your support with providing me just a single finding i mean i mean the the the, the message is cringe that's that's out of question but like that mindset that attitude not gonna make it for sure uh, yeah, I feel like if you have that victim mentality, you're not really yeah. going to get anywhere in life, right? I think yeah. you're better off assuming everything is your fault and then nothing is your fault. Yeah, so you know? Have goals. Have goals. A wine daily. Feedback, you know, have a quick feedback loop. Try things. If they work out, figure if they why they work and keep doing it. If it doesn't work out, like, it's a lesson. Don't blame yourself. I mean, life's a, the whole life is a lesson, right? So. Yeah, for sure. This turned out to be a way more motivational podcast than I anticipated. <laughs> oh. I mean, you just went there. I mean, you asked me, and I'm just answering. Yeah, no, dude, I love it. I think yeah. all this coming from a guy like you, it's probably going to impact a lot of people in a positive way. So. Thank you. Thank you for showing up. Thank you for sharing your thoughts, uh, sharing your background, sharing your story and the things that made you who you are. And I guess it applies to you when they say that pressure makes diamonds. You know, when shit gets hard, you kind of, uh, what do you say? Easy man makes, no, uh, easy times make weak men and weak men uh, make hard times and hard times make hard man and hard man make easy times. I'm pretty sure yeah. I screwed that up, but yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I get it. I got it. It's, you know, something that I just, I, I thought about, you know, the meme, like with, uh, you know, web tree security for with like Bulgarian researchers. Um, I think if you, if you drill a little bit down a little bit, why some of these folks succeed and why, and, and a lot of them do not succeed as well. But like you could see like a good example of people succeeding just because it's like drive, you know, you know, it's, it's driving. Yeah. It's being hungry for success, for success is like crucial. So, uh, yeah. 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 Dude. Um, for sure. I agree. It's, um, yeah, man, it's, it's been a pleasure having you here, man. Thank you for coming. Thank you for having me. So um, yeah. let's let's reiterate. Let me just start with a statement that uh, if if you if if six weeks, if six months ago you would hear me shilling so audits today I would say that they if you aren't I'm trying to find the most polite way to say that but if you are to actually guy. provide real value. Um, and you aren't one of the top guys doing a sole audit without, with the customer expecting that you're gonna have, you're gonna find everything is kind of a scam, right? You should disclose very clearly that you are bound to miss stuff. And I'm gonna give a great example. Uh, you know, you know that guy Charles, Charles from Paladin, right? And uh, we we chatted, and he was like, you know, you know, let, let's let's have. I was like, I'm 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 stopping so audits because it sounds boring to me. 
and you know we had some chat and he invited me to do two audits with them I just had two so far um, uh, and the first audit went good it was with somebody else not him but the second one I was like trying to impress him too much do stuff that I usually don't do like diagrams and you know stand machine stuff like that instead of like just reading the code and putting comments and I missed basic fin findings I mean I, I missed beginner level findings it was absolutely shameful performance for my end and it was, a, it's a, it was a great wake-up call because I think in the in the last podcast, I I, I literally said security is about giving a, a, a huge swap in the face reality checks, and that was a great reality check for me, and I, I appreciate it very much that it happened, and everybody should have a, you know a reality checks in this space, um, which kind of brings me to another topic, why. Why, I mean, maybe maybe two months ago I had an idea that team audits, but in general, scaling the sole audit business, like doing agency, arbitraging work, or like other stuff. I don't want to do that, said it, you know, uh, a gazillion times so far. So I think there's a lot of fun and money to be made from connecting with other security researchers and creating a team with them and then providing a, a team and doing a team a team audit. It's amazing for you as an individual because you um, get immediate feedback loop, right? It's even faster than contests. And you, of course, you have to be humble enough to admit that you did a shitty job, like you should let, let go of your ego. But uh, yeah, that's why I teamed up with trailer folks, and we uh, we are kind of we're like, right now we're working on our first team audit. We are also the first code arena blue team, right? We're running the first C4 uh, bounty program. That's that's all. Oh, that's good. That's, that's yeah, good. That, yeah, that's good. So so just to reiterate, so what you're trying to say is that. If you're not one of the top dogs, see Michelle, Liam, and those guys, you probably shouldn't really be doing solo audits unless you're really, really careful in setting customer expectation and saying, hey, I'm probably very, very likely to miss a lot of things. Yeah. And instead, you should be focusing on doing team audits because you just think that's borderline scamming people if you if you are implying that you're gonna find everything or you're implying that no problem after this audit you could go to production then that's kind of you know misleading i mean and i could see like why it could, it could happen i mean it's a free market everybody can do whatever they want to i'm not gonna blame anybody for doing that I'm just saying why I decided for myself to stop doing it. And I think if you are if you are to build a team with people that you actually care about and you're not like uh, with them just for the monetary gain, like to, you know, I'm auditing with three guys or two guys just to make money of that, but I'm doing it because I like working with them. I enjoy working with them. I, mean, I, enjoy, I enjoy them as a people. There's no amount of money that can actually convince me to you know leave them or do stuff without them because you care for them you know from from a human being perspective right and i think it's way more fun you can you can learn way more stuff i you know it's it's crazy i i see i see other folks like when, when i did with them it's like they find a, a lot of stuff like that i i didn't even think it could be possible right so i think for me and for my for my personality, that's great. I love it. I appreciate being told that I'm I'm shit. So I I, I know where I have to work at to you know fix my bugs, right? Yeah, I mean I I love team audits. I think that that's the best way to do what we do. I mean that's the reason I decided to work for firm. But at the same time, I believe there's a definitely a place for solo auditors that are not that experienced as well um 
because, like you said, the nature of things is that uh, most protocols can't really afford the top guys. And yeah. they're better off getting someone than getting no one. And I think as long as everyone is on the same page of, like, I don't know, maybe these guys only have 2000 for their for their audit. As long as they know that they're not going to get a high-level talent and they're okay with their risk, I think it's fair. Yeah, it's and fair. If you if you are the person charging lower on the lower end because you're not that experienced or whatever it is, you don't really have to, you know, feel guilty or feel like you're scamming anyone as long as you are properly disclosing your level of skill and the expectations. Even the best of the best miss things. We, yeah. we can see in the cover swap hack, hack that you brought up as well. Yeah. Like that that was through so many freaking audits. So I think putting things into perspective comes a long way. Absolutely. That, I mean, you, you, it's 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 fair, it's fair, it's fair runs, right? Um, but uh, maybe maybe I, I would say for me the the biggest thing that I kind of get up get got fed up with so audits it just got boring for me, right? It just got I I got to the point where I just felt like I'm back in the rut race, but like in a different way, right? I was like. I feel I can make money any any way I want to, literally. I, I feel that way, seriously. So uh, I'd rather, you know, uh, do other things that are going to yield me the same amount of money as well. But, you know, just enjoy it. Because when I enjoy it, it just times go by. Time goes by. Yeah, so. I, I, I felt the same way when I was doing solo audits at some point. It just becomes you and the code, and there's not really a feedback loop. There's no bouncing of ideas, and it just becomes so much more of a grind. It's such a different kind of way of doing things when you have a team where you can discuss things, then you can see things from different perspectives. Everything becomes a lot more interesting. So yeah, I I totally agree with you on that, um, and I, you know. A lot of people are more like a, the the lone wolf as well that like just sitting down and not talking to anyone at all. Yeah, yeah of course. Like that of course, as well. Of course. I I'm, I'm like that on different days. I'm like that on other days. I'm like the the guy who always wants to talk about stuff. So I'm a kind of mixed breed. But uh, yeah, just sharing my perspective why I feel that's uh, not my type of anymore that's uh, all about it because I, I I know some people are like oh what's what's the catch why why he stopped doing that why what's what's going on here what's the secret but there is no secret I just uh, do what I want to do and just double down on things that I actually want to do that's that's all but uh, yeah that's yeah that's very fair yes it makes a lot of sense and I think more people should just kind of listen to their gut as well. If it might be that you're grinding too hard, but it also might be that you're just not working the right way or like the way that most people feel as well. Yeah, maybe maybe the last thing that I'm going to say is uh, like the Renaissance team that we have. Is, um, I've managed plenty of folks through my life, uh, through my career, apologies, but not only that type of careers, I had other careers as well, pretty much managing people there as well. Uh, but uh, I'm, I'm quite proud of them, of the folks that I teamed with, because it was, you know, everything about the teaming up was like super disorganized, super chaotic. We had our hiccups here and there, and they, you know, took, that didn't disrupt them at all, like zero, and um, I feel alive. I feel like very, very motivated when I see people that are actually ready to, you know, grind alongside me. 
this is probably the thing that you know I cannot burn out no matter the amount of hours a day if I just see people pushing as much as I push I'm, I'm gonna push even more right I'm, I, I won't sleep <laughs> but uh, yeah that's a huge thing for me and I'm you know proud and proud of having them you know and them have and then having me as well yeah that's that's hectic and there is definitely something when you have all the people pushing you and a group of masochists becomes really dangerous yeah. when it comes to bug hunting as well if yeah. there's a, a bunch of crazy people like you grinding their guts out it's definitely going to be uh something to watch well 20, 20, 2024 is for grubs let's see what happens